0: Welcome back, JM King Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan M. King, joined by my go-to guy for talking all things movies, Matthew Francisco, a.k.a. Movie Matt.
1: Season's greetings, ladies and gentlemen.
0: The last episode that Matthew joined us for, we ended on Star Wars. And Star Wars, which people take so seriously, arguably too seriously these days, even Star Wars has something in its catalog that has a tongue-in-cheek, tone with it and that would be the star wars holiday special so if something as serious and elaborate as star wars can get a tongue-in-cheek holiday episode then so So can can we we.
1: we're
0: gonna have three segments on today's show for you first segment we're gonna talk stocking stuffers basically a christmas list for santa claus with a film twist then we're gonna talk about my go-to film for christmas And we're going to end with Matthew's go-to film for Christmas. So don't go anywhere. JM King podcast come right up after this break.
1: So gather around the fireplace, everyone.
0: Stocking stuffers with a twist. We've all written letters to Santa Claus or your parents. If they told you Santa Claus wasn't real, whoever. But the film twist: Matthew and I have generated our own Christmas lists, three each, for items that we would want from Santa Claus. But the twist is that they have to be from a movie or movie universe. And my first choice is the Iron Man Mark Seven armor from the twenty twelve Avengers film. Now, of course, thinking very practically, you don't have it, it. Instead of having to drive a car everywhere or get on a plane, you just have a suit that just hangs up in your closet or by your door. You put the suit on, you can fly anywhere in the world. You can commute to work and back without having to deal with traffic. You could just, it's it's mobile, extreme mobility. You could fly anywhere you want. I don't even know how fast it goes, Matthew. I haven't fact checked this, but I'm sure it's faster (laughs) than the speed of sound, which is ridiculous. It's got weapons on and stuff. I'm not a violent person. I don't really care about that. But I'm kind of cheating here because what I'm including in the Mark seven armor is Jarvis before he became vision Jarvis when he was Tony Stark's AI. I mean, as a, as a teacher, there are a lot of little logistical things that I need to take care of using my computer, like responding to emails, keeping in contact with parents via text calls. If I had a Jarvis who I could just tell, Hey, listen, sort my emails like this respond to these kinds of emails like that then like how amazing it's like it's like a virtual butler so not only can i get to work in like 10 minutes from anywhere in the world if i'm like eh, or if i want to take if i want lunch in like thailand i could just fly over to thailand and like i'm there in 10 minutes and then eat there and then be back in time for class in 10 minutes so not only just the practicality of the travel but also a, a, a digital AI as a butler. Like, imagine Siri, but Siri works. Like, Siri, Siri sorts your emails for you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, because um, I know there's some dispute about, like, having the, the suit with or without Jarvis, like, would it come? But I mean, of course it would. I mean, imagine getting uh, an Android without Google Assist. It's not the same thing, so of course exactly. Jarvis has to come with it.
0: Tony Stark is a human person. There's no way that he's able to do all of these flight barrel roll banking maneuvers without some kind of AI guiding his reflexes a little bit.
1: I mean, and who knows? On. You know, maybe your driver someday will become so smart he'll grow up to be Vision <laughs> and voiced by Paul Bettany.
0: Paul Bettany. Can I, can I choose the voice too? Definitely go with Paul Bettany. <laughs> yeah, I remember when yeah. I remember when, when that one of these Liam Neeson action vehicles was coming out and Waze, the navigation app had some yeah. kind of promotion with it. So oh my God. Liam yeah, Neeson. yeah, yeah the, they do that all that? the time. Liam Neeson is the one giving me directions to work. <laughs> Be careful. Whatever whatever the whatever his voice is. Mm. It's like there's a red light camera report ahead. Be careful of the eyes in the sky. Like that was cool. Yeah. Imagine it's that. Mean. And being being able to listen to this podcast while I'm flying to work. Like while I'm still grogging in the morning. I don't have to worry about piloting it myself. It's just—it's just awesome. It's just so—it's so practical for so many reasons and more. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Mark 7 armor from from Avengers 2012.
1: It's your Santa. If Santa can have a suit, so can you.
0: It's too big for the stocking, and it is red, kind of like Santa. Yeah.
1: yeah. It spreads joy around the world. You know, My first
0: fly. first thing I thought of. Okay. All right, Matt, yours.
1: Okay. So typical. Matthew Francisco fashion. I always try to find a loophole in all these questions. Uh, naturally, your host here was kind of rolling his eyes at my first pick. Uh, so my first uh, le- uh, item to my letter to Santa is none other than uh, the the uh, magical lamp from Aladdin. And, you know, why is that kind of an eye roller? Well, conveniently, I get three wishes from... <laughs> this magical element. I mean like you know like who wouldn't want three wishes uh and stuff
0: but and you, you also uh, get a friend the entire time you get you get you get blue Robin Williams or Will Smith God well, if, depending you want, if you on... want that version of Aladdin
1: yeah I know you, yeah and you no, can
0: just I... kind of like you get a free friend until you're done with all your wishes
1: that's true we get to do like an elaborate dance number and yeah if know,
0: he likes like you to... he'll do stuff for you that's not yeah. an official wish exactly
1: like I, I remember um we have this thing uh, in my office where we always do like a question of the week. And I remember when it was my turn to ask a question, I was like, okay, guys, it's like, imagine if a magical, uh, genie came up to you and you can do three verses. And I said, and I outlined very specifically, I said, okay, you can't wish for more wishes. You can't kill anybody. You can't make anyone fall in love with you. And, uh, you can't bring anyone back from the dead. Right. Did I miss anything? I think those were the four.
0: I think those ones. are the rules. No wishing. For right, no right, wishes. right. So, so. Yeah. And,
1: and then you kind of go like, you, you clearly have been watching too much Aladdin, though. So,
0: no and I thing. guess like
1: that that kind of <laughs> that kind of constitutes like I guess what would be my three wishes. So I guess I'll share it with you. I mean, clearly the first one, which is another cheat, um, world's most powerful sorcerer. That, which is part of, you know. So that Jafar's you can
0: just do whatever you want after you run out Exactly,
1: of the, yeah. yeah. I don't even need, it's like, I can have all the powers of the genie without the stipulations of being a genie. So it's kind of like. That was Jafar's a, mistake. Exactly. Like, I was like, dude, Jafar, you're already more, you're already like the most powerful being in the world. Like, why do you even need to be a genie? It's like. You <laughs> exactly. So that's um uh, wish one, wish two would be, um, of course, uh, you know, uh, good health for me and my loved ones. I mean, How was...
0: about everyone, Matthew? Selfish.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. Why I, I don't think you just I'll wish be... to
0: eradicate all diseases forever for the end of time? <sighs> I think I'll be. For the future. I'll be, I'll be
1: a, I'll be a naughty boy this year though. So maybe. It's uh, your list. It's my list. I'll be, uh, uh the, the selfish 10 year old is, is like screaming out right now. And well, I would, I will redeem myself with my third wish, uh. I would set the genie free.
0: You're a good person.
1: Exactly. See.
0: If you set him free, then just like in the sequels, he'll still stick around and help out sometimes.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I get to meet my father in the third one. So yeah, so yeah. So again, a little bit of a play on words or a little bit of a loophole I found. But yes, the, the lamp from Aladdin.
0: Okay. My second item. I'm gonna go with the neuralizer for Men in Black. I'm gonna go with the neuralizer, and not for the mischievous reasons that you're probably thinking. Shame on you for thinking I'm some kind of mischievous plan, plot, plotting. No, it's not about that. I'm a movie buff. You know this, Matthew. We're 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 cinephiles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there are two things that movie fans always wish for one thing they always wish for is I wish that every time I watch this movie it was like my first time watching it that's why it's so much fun to like watch movies with other people who've never seen it before because you're vicariously living through their reactions that's why I'm looking that's why I like like when I show my wife movies all the time I'm like oh this scene's coming up I wonder if she's gonna think this is funny I wonder if she you know and then when the kids come and they're sitting on my lap and they're watching Star Wars or they're playing Dragon Quest on my lap or something like that. And it's like wow, like they they're they're watching it for the first time. Remember so it's like that nostalgia piece also. With a neuralizer I can just neuralize myself and forget everything in a movie and experience watching it for the first time over and over and over again. I I don't know what the settings are. I don't know if you can pick out specific things for people to forget. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Technology. Well, I think a,
1: according to the according to the the canon, the the, the lore. I think the, the way, lore. Uh, the lore. Yes, uh, the lore of the films. I never read the comic books, but uh, it's done by like date and time. So it's basically, um, let's say you wanted to forget the past two days, you would. Put in the date today. So, what like today is? Today is what December thirteenth to uh, twenty twenty. If you want to forget the past forty eight hours, you would put uh, December eleventh, twenty twenty. So,
0: boom, done. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. And then there's a time.
1: There's a time. There's a time setting as well, though.
0: Spoilers, people. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this constitutes spoilers, but these podcasts are not recorded the same exactly that they're uploaded. Mm-hmm. So it's December 13th right now, but that's not the date you're going to be hearing this. But anyway, so I think that if I could pick instead of maybe forgetting everything from now and two days ago, maybe if I can like pick a specific day and it's like forget everything that happened this day. And then it's like, oh, if I saw a movie that day, I don't know, is I think it's more of a I think it's a more warm and and nice, nicer reason to wish for a neuralizer. Now, can, the can other I go up on a
1: tan- Can I go off on a tangent? Tangent away. Tangent? Go ahead. Um, remember that scene in, in the first one? And I know you don't give recognition to the sequels, but <laughs> I'm going to say the first one. There are one. sequels? <laughs> remember that part where um, when Jay and Kay were visiting Edgar Bug's house, and then there was this this thingamajig that Kay was using to detect the, 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 the soil?
0: Yeah, we Is don't, that is it? Don't, I be always red, thought, don't be red. Don't be red. Don't be red. Or was it green? I, I was, don't turn green.
1: Right, right. Or oh, whatever. I always, was that, that's a whole different gadget? Or like, was that the neuralizer? It's a well.
0: completely different gadget. Okay. It see, just see, analyzes I, I think, like samples or something so it can tell what alien family it belongs to, creature family.
1: Right, right. It leaves a trail of sugar, water. Right. Something
0: like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, okay. oh man, that was on Final Jeopardy last night. You he, know, when I was Dan, a kid, I thought he was Dan serious. Alex. I didn't know he was joking. <laughs> I didn't know he was sarcastic. He's like, that was a final jeopardy. I was like, why wow, would that be a question oh, yeah. on Jeopardy? Huh? I just yeah. I just, really I just
1: had to ask that because for years I thought that it was the same. I thought it was just a neuralizer with an extra little feature, but no, it's completely different. No, okay. it's different.
0: Yeah. All there. right, moving so, so, on. So so now the the more the more plotting <laughs> devious reason for wanting a neuralizer. I mean, like, there are so many times I make mistakes. <laughs> and there's so many times that i say the wrong thing and then it's like dang, that was the wrong thing to say in that moment that was the wrong way to go about this situation and now i know how to do it right the first time so i could just be like it's usually it happens a lot like in school when i'm teaching like i don't always know the best way to introduce something or if I get into conflict with my friends, family, love ones and stuff. It's like, Dad, that really wasn't the right way to go about this. Let me just neuralize them real quick and then like make them forget and then say it the right way the next time. You know, it's not to it's trick like, people. It's not to be deceitful. It's more yeah. so I made a mistake and I want to fix it. You know, to kind, so, of,
1: plug, you know, to kind of plug in one of our other favorite movies, uh, Jonathan, uh, do you remember the Omega 13 from Galaxy Quest? Of
0: course I remember the Omega 13. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of like your it's kind of like your um portable omega thirteen in some ways.
0: The it's it's portable easy. omega thirteen. I mean, yeah. you can't you can use it as many times as you want. This I don't is know what kind of batteries the neuralizer runs on? It's <laughs> alien technology. I don't know. You can do whatever you want with it. It's great. Sometimes I want to neuralize myself. Like, oh my god, like that was like if someone <laughs> says something to me that's offensive. Like, I wish I could forget that. And yep. just set it to like yeah. two seconds. Pa-shoop! Mm-hmm. I'm driving. Somebody curses at me. Somebody gives me the finger or something. Mm-hmm. It's like Redo. I'm annoyed right yeah. now. Choo. Okay, forgot.
1: Oh, and don't forget, don't forget the sunglasses though. You, you got to wear the sunglasses with.
0: Oh, know, I'm def- uh, Yeah, I don't need to <laughs> wish for sunglasses. They're like five bucks at the store, so I'm good with. I'm good with <laughs> so, those.
1: Well, wasn't there like a promotion uh, with the original Men in Black? I think the Ray Bans. They were like there was like this massive like bans
0: Probably.
1: Band. Yeah, it was really cool. There. Probably. Their, uh. Line of sunglasses, but yeah,
0: so yeah, neuralizer, please. Santa, I've been a good boy this year. I'll be a bad boy after you give me the neuralizer, but up until this point, I've been good. Okay, Matthew, your second thing on your list, what you got?
1: Right, numero dos. Um, you know, it's funny, we, we started uh, this this uh, very special episode uh, referencing that galaxy far, far away. Um, for those of you who have. Uh, had the pleasure of hearing uh my previous episode you know you already know my love for star wars and if there's one item that embodies that entire series it ha it's gotta be the lightsaber it's gotta be the lightsaber i mean other than you know the, the great maestro Ben Burt for that great that great home so it's just so iconic and it's it's, it's it's just the it's the go-to weapon it's like um you know, when you listen, you know, you you hear me a lot talking about audio because, again, apparently got nothing better to do with my life. Um, you know, Lucas, George Lucas speaks about the lightsaber not only being a, a, a weapon, but it's also a, a symbol of who the Jedi were, because, you know, in an age where uh, Ray Guns and, and Offensive offensive weapons are so prevalent. It's like so
0: uncivilized.
1: So uncivilized. Yeah, here's 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 a weapon from a more civilized day. It's like mm-hmm. you an know, even weapon. in the a
0: more civilized, more civilized day. Day. I could do this all day. I'm so sorry. Keep going. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, as your host shows right here, like there's an entire monologue
0: i can do this all day see lights. that's another alarm. i could do this all I, that is i all <laughs> night movie quotes i could i'm sorry last <laughs> interruption, a, I promise. We'll,
1: we'll do we'll do a special episode on movie quotes
0: where we just speak soon. exclusively movie quotes for for 40 well, minutes for a pod yeah yeah it's, it's like it's like
1: the entire script will be consistent movie quotes but anyway um even in the most heinous act of of killing it's like a jedi you know defends his or herself with the lightsaber instead of like throwing laser uh, bullets at you, he or she will actually reflect it back at, at you. And also, uh, it represents sort of, in a way, a very romanticized view of combat, you know, because, uh, you know, shooting, you know, to, to, to do another movie, called, you know, anybody can shoot anybody. Bonus points if you know where that comes from. But- um, Nice. <laughs> yes. But again, there's, this, is, this is sort of romanticism uh, that comes with uh, lightsaber combat or, you know, sword fighting combat. It's like you have to be one-on-one with your opponent. It's like eye to eye, mano-e-mano. You know, sometimes they do variations of, you know, one guys or two guys. But again, it, it represents the, the, the intimacy. It becomes like a dance between the two combatants. And uh, of course... Because what people often forget is that Lucas is such a student of, of history and of culture. Um, you know, the fighting styles of the Jedi were based on Kendo, which again is a descendant of the uh, samurai styles of fighting back in the early days, though. So, and again, just it's, it's like probably gosh darn it. It's like besides the John Williams music, is like when I think Star Wars, I think lightsabers
0: and because because it's like there's no other weapon like it in film and it's star wars as much as the imagery of star wars is iconic it's really the sounds that separate star wars movies like there's only one freaking movie you're gonna hear that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be a tie fighter y'all like the blaster shots Mm -hmm. the lightsaber igniting it's really the sounds that make star wars Right, and, I
1: would say that's the, in a way uh, the 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 sound design of Star Wars is kind of its, uh, it's kind of the unsung hero, the secret weapon of that. Uh,
0: Skywalker so. sound is like still a thing, right? People are still yeah, mm-hmm. contracting mm-hmm. them to do sound effects, like original oh, sound yeah, effects for, for their films. Sure.
1: <laughs> sure, I do want to add one. I think one caution I would have if I actually owned a lightsaber is like you know the the thing I would always be scared about is like if I if someone were to come over to my house and kind of like look at the lightsaber, look at it really close and then accidentally press the button, then their face would get fried up. Oh, it, it,
0: oh, like, it, oh, wait, grab grab the flashlight out of the drawer. No, that's <laughs> the, a lightsaber.
1: No no, 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 no. Don't do it. Yeah, so I wonder if there's like a, I, I would imagine that the Jedi would have like a, implement a safety feature on it though. So I think I mean, that's no. the
0: one. Is it implied that you have to like, it isn't. I thought I remember reading somewhere some extended something. Yeah. It's implied that you need to have you need some kind of force sensitivity to to turn one on or something.
1: I mean, I mean, Han used it in Empire.
0: That's so. the one. I was like, Han turned it on and cut the and cut the <laughs> on <batons Han> open. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, or maybe it's Probably like you need the force the to end. wield one the right way but. because it's extremely dangerous. So you need to be in tune with your senses better yeah. to swing it or I something. Mean- I don't know.
1: If guns can have safety features on or put the safety on, I don't know why lightsaber.
0: Just put like a force lock on it. You need to use the force to unlock this lightsaber, to unlock your phone. F- you need the force. Like
1: force, what is it? Force face ID or...
0: Something like that.
1: Something like that. But Something yes, like that. number two, lightsabers.
0: I also want to double back to my first choice and say only I'm allowed to fly my own Mark Seven armor. And and if you want to, you need my permission. Isn't that thing like built for him? I'm not talking about the nano one. You know, I like the you know I like the tactile suits better than like the like the Black Panther Dude, suit where it just kind of nanos nano one over is, his face.
1: The nano one is broken. It's it, it's magic at that point.
0: It's just not even. It's like that's not something that can exist yeah. today. But it's cool. Remember, one of my favorite parts of just the original Iron Man movies is just that clinking sound when the mask yeah. on his right. face. Right. I want yeah, that. We missed that all right, everybody, I'm heading back home. Like after after I'm, I'm all the kids and I'm walking around in my Iron Man Mark 7 suit, dismissing kids on the block when that's a thing again. And then I say, okay, everybody, I'm heading back home and just take off. None of this weird, it looks like bugs are crawling over his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
1: kind of like, like Spawn, you know. Definitely
0: some kind of security <laughs> system for your lightsaber in my suit. All right. And the third thing on my list.
1: Which was suggested by me. Which was suggested
0: <laughs> will, by you, you know, which, just from behind I, the you scenes. Know, I,
1: if you um want to blame me for that choice, you could.
0: No, speak. the only thing I'm going to blame you for is for having like three amazing things on your list <laughs> and me having the Mark 7 armor. And it just covers so many of my needs in once in life that thinking of two other ones was so hard. Mm. I couldn't think of anything else. It's like, hmm, well listen it would make work easier commuting would be easier managing all my tasks would be easier to have a digital butler that reminds me of things and helps me sort my emails and things like that like what else do i need in life and it's like oh neural that's kind of cool your suggestion and then so now the third thing on my list we have the exploding gum from mission impossible 1996 Starring Tom Cruise and who the heck is second billing? Like John Voight. John Voight,
1: yeah, John Voight. Like
0: Emilio Estevez, I will said his name second because yeah. I just remember him for being yeah. in the movie. Uh,
1: well, he'll always be Coach Bombay to me.
0: That's he will like, always be Coach Bombay. Coach Bombay or Jack, so. who gets like crushed in an elevator. Yeah. But you know, I was you know what I saw going off 20, going off into a going a off in a four year old movie.
1: Yeah, going off into a tangent. Like when when I saw Co- Coach Bombay get, get crushed for that, I was like. You just killed Coach Bombay. How could you do this?
0: I didn't see Mighty Ducks yet. <laughs> and I probably saw it like on TV or something, but I didn't like put the face to enter like that guy looks familiar. Like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, Jack. Jack, no. Yeah. Cut the yeah. power, Jack. That was like, cut the power. Can we just talk about that movie now instead of the stupid exploding gum? From- no, <laughs> no, 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 from no, but- because that's what
1: I mentioned exploding gum because that that is that's one of our favorite parts of that movie. So let's talk
0: about No, no, it. you're you're absolutely correct there are so many better we, we earlier behind the scenes people we were talking about the infinity gauntlet but it's like does that count because why would i want a stupid gauntlet without the, the stones you know so it's like you got to wish for the stones too it's like a lot of logistical things with wishing for an infinity gauntlet so how the heck did we come up with the the exploding gum for mission impossible 1996 because i was thinking i was thinking about the the face the face thing that they could do right. when they make the masks yeah. and then you were like yo you know what why don't you just pick the exploding gum for Mission Impossible because you love that part? I'm like, I do love that part. I love that whole trade scene. It's got yeah. that. Can we just talk about the trade scene <laughs> instead of the stupid exploding gum? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that was kind of the climax of, of that scene was the exploding gum. It
0: was because, you know, set up payoff. <laughs> like, why are you sticking? Let's rewind. Let's, let's rewind because remember, because okay. okay. there's a couple of scenes with the stupid exploding gum. Yeah. There's the first scene where Coach Bob Bay, screw it, that's his name, Coach Bob Bay is like, Hey, Tom Cruise! Check out this check out this exploding gum. Yeah. Like you just mash you, you you just mash the oh it's also red and green so Christmas yeah. special so Christmas that's my just do, so yeah so you, 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 he's like okay <coughs> excuse me he's like he's like all right here's this exploding gum you just mash the pieces together to like start the fuse yeah and then it, and then like. Yeah, five la- seconds. Hasta lasagna think. don't get any yeah. on you Like dude what are you talking about And then <laughs> Just don't chew it Well duh ha, ha. <laughs> And then of course the scene with Kittredge And, mm. and Ethan Hunt IMF director Kittredge yes. he's, like, I'm after. he's like I can see you're very upset He's like you haven't seen me very upset And then mashes the gum together And like throws it at the wall Or throws it at there. this restaurant And this upscale restaurant that has like a whole The whole wall is a fish tank Yeah now was everybody in everybody in that restaurant was the anti-IMF team? Those were all secret agents, or was that or was that poor waiter, just some innocent dude who got his face blown off by a stupid piece of exploding gum? <laughs> Is that what right, right. well no 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 well, what happened was,
1: you know, to it's it's you know, the first one's a little bit convoluted, but if you really watch it, it's really fun. So what was going on was there was another IMF team that night because what turned out was the opening mission in that first movie was actually a mole hunt because they were trying to find the mole. So uh, because Hunt is kind of like one step ahead of everyone, he already deduced the fact that the people in the restaurant were the other IMF team.
0: Cause there was the party at the embassy. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he started recounting, wait a second. That person looks yeah. suspicious. That person looks suspicious. Yeah, wait, yeah. that guy in the restaurant that I'm looking right that I'm looking right at is actually the same guy who was like serving hors d'oeuvres and thing. And he starts mm-hmm. putting it together and he's like, oh snap, like they're really trying to arrest me. They're trying to put me in custody right now because these are all the same people. These are all the same agents
1: from the function
0: yeah but that but but matthew that guy because when he threw the stupid exploding gum (laughs) at the glass at the at the glass whatever fish tank of a wall at the super upscale restaurant and the guy looks at the gum and he blows up it, it blows his face off and he flies out the window did that was that guy did he work at the restaurant legit or was he like a secret agent or something because if it's a secret uh, agent i kind of feel better because like you <laughs> signed up to be in dangerous situations not that well, you I deserved mean, it but y- you know but if he's I just mean, just a regular guy working at a restaurant who's who's trying to like make ed's meat for his pregnant wife at home and like his and his grandfather who and his father who lives with him because his grand his because his mother recently died and we can't let grandpa live by himself i'm trying to make Ed's meat by just like serving restaurants Serving food at this restaurant, this upscale restaurant, with a whole wall that's a fish tank, and then some guy <laughs> throws a stupid piece of exploding gum at it, and I walk past it and it blows my face off. Was that guy just a guy, or was he was he an agent?
1: Well, I mean, that the, you're channeling uh, you're channeling uh, the, the Randall from from Clerks, you know, the exactly. contract. That's what he, exactly. That's what he's cha- that's what he's channeling right
0: now. Was that me? episode two of the pod?
1: yeah yeah exactly Innocent contra. but then Oops, of course, no, we, too of course much. <laughs> but you know the prequels kind of tell us that they're just a bunch of termites though so
0: that I'm guy sure did it. that guy deserve it or was he because when he looked at the gum it's like he, it's almost like he recognized it like he looked up at it it's and like, it was like oh, oh no it's somebody's using that stupid exploding gum gadget and it's about to blow my face off or was it more like who put this here like you know i don't know I mean, anyway, look. Say say what not, you will about. We haven't even gotten to the trade scene. That's okay, just like yeah. a moment. We gotta We're, get with the okay. exploding gum. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, I was about to say, say what you will about you know Tom Hanks and his personal politics or personal life, but I mean,
0: props to Tom Cruise.
1: Tom, gosh. Okay. Ah, ah. Tom. Tom. Now. Tom Cruise. <laughs> I know exactly. Say what you will about Tom Cruise's personal politics or personal life, but props to him for actually you know doing that stunt for real, like actually. Leaping in front of the camera and then with all that water coming in, and they only have one take to do with those.
0: I love so. the music in that scene. I love the, I just love that movie. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, train when the, the train scene at the end, the climax is so awesome from the beginning, the music is just remember, and then. The, that scene has like little pieces of espionage where like someone's trying to hack this person's computer this person's trying to upload this and then Ving Rhames the, the computer guy is like aiming his phone to try and disrupt the signal before they get into the tunnel and all this craziness and then there's a, a stupid helicopter that John Voight trying to escape on it's insane but it's so awesome and of course the end where Jean Renault's character Krieger is like <laughs> he's like trying to slice him with the blades he's he's what kind of what kind of attempt to kill somebody is that you try to lower your helicopter so that the blades cut the back of tom cruise's neck (laughs) and then then the helicopter tail hits the ceiling of the tunnel and then well he's in a tunnel because tom cruise threw some kind of cable at him to lock him onto Mm -hmm. the Stupid train, and then he's going under the, the tunnel with the train. And then it's, and then that like messes him up. So then Tom Cruise jumps all into the helicopter and he's hanging on to like the feet of the helicopter, whatever the landing mm-hmm. part of the helicopter is called. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the music. Dun, 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 and I'm like, oh yeah. And then he climbs up. And of course, he you gotta have the action movie guy li- line at the end who like blows up the bad guy, and he's just like, red lights, green lights. And then like mashes it onto the windshield of the helicopter. And then it's the same exact reaction John Renault gives as the poor innocent guy. Who's just serving food <laughs> at the stupid upscale restaurant with a whole glass wall. That's a fish tank. Just trying to make ends meet for his pregnant wife at home. It is, it is old dad who was recently widowed. Cause he can't live by himself. It's the same exact reaction. And he's like, he's like, what is that? Why is Why is he putting gum on my windshield? And then it blows up, and then Tom Cruise like uses the explosions, like force to fly back onto the train. Then... <laughs> what?
1: Only in the movies, ladies and gentlemen. Only in the, Only
0: movies. In the movies. Please don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> don't it chew disc- it.
1: There should be like a disclaimer on, on that packet of gum <laughs> from Coach Bombay. It says do not chew. It's
0: also, so I, I love how this exploding gum. It was like the last thing we thought of kind of as a joke, yeah. but we just used it to talk about how like awesome, Mission Impossible 1996 is in a lot of these seats. And it's also pretty impractical because he said, just don't chew it. And again, I as like a teacher, I'm constantly <laughs> talking all day and I have to get like in like kids faces, like not like in their face, <laughs> but like when I'm looking at their work and I'm trying to whisper to them, like what's the answer and stuff so that the other kids don't hear me. It's good to have like gum that helps your breath like, you know, smell good. So gum that you can't chew that just explodes is kind of impractical in my line of work and probably in most people's line of work in the world. But yeah, that was actually a lot of fun to talk about. Matthew, you're number three. Your third third thing on your list. The third and final uh,
1: Santa list uh, request. Uh, I think a lot of us, I think one of the things we sort of fantasize about is uh, time travel. And Do we though? Or are we more scared of it? Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that like probably another time. But um, to to quote a very wise man, he said, "If you're gonna invent uh, a time machine to a car, why not do it in style?" And of course, that is Doctor Emmett L. Brown's DeLorean from Back to the Future. I mean, like, sure, you got like uh, you got the Batmobile from 1989, you got the Ghostbusters car, but like. To me, the GOAT's movie vehicle of all time has to be Doc Brown's DeLorean. I mean, like, um, it's so funny when, when you uh, watch interviews with, with Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale talking about the the design of of, of the car, uh, they were putting a big emphasis on the fact that they wanted it to look like it was done or it was constructed under, under someone's uh, garage, like, you know, it's like, this piece is done here, that piece is done there, and, uh, even though the, it's just a big jumble of mess, though. which, which, which you know, as an adult, I do kind of notice that, it's like, like, you know, this coil is sticking up, and then that reactor is, like, not quite fitting in, but you kind of, like, scotch tape it together, but, you know, it's funny, as a kid, I'm not, I'm not even thinking that. I'm not even thinking that. It's just like you—you you have these really cool vents uh, at the back, though. You got like, uh, you know, talk about uh, iconic sound effects like the flux capacitor, fluxing, and, and then the time circuits, fluxing. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that—that's your story uh, point right there. And you know those the, the, those 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 doors. I mean, like again, will be very impractical. Like today, I, mean, I think the the Tesla today has gowing doors, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know. You,
0: you it's also have practical because you need so much road to get to 88 <laughs> miles per hour.
1: Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, from my understanding, uh, the, the DeLorean itself is actually a terrible car. I mean, it was a discontinued model in the 80s. Uh, apparently, uh, I think there was some controversy involving uh, cocaine, but... I believe it was. The- it also
0: runs on plutonium, Matthew. Where are you gonna get that oh, from? Pluton-
1: oh, but with the sequels it runs on Mister Fusion though. So, so are we, we, we talking
0: we the? That. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot okay. those. Wait
1: wait, 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 we haven't even gotten to the 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 uh the reason the, the why you want from- one. <laughs> no, no, we haven't even got to um. One the that Delorean flies, from-
0: or the one that's the one that's a train. Jesus, what happened in oh, the later okay. movies? Oh gosh! <laughs> no, no, two. Oh two gosh, what awesome. happened? Back
1: to Future two. Back to Future two is awesome. I don't care what you say; it's one of the best sequels ever. This is but, the uh, second.
0: This is the second episode in a podcast where, where you're trying to trick me into appreciating Back to
1: the Future <laughs> <part> two. <laughs> they get the flying Delorean, you know, they get into is that like flying Delorean? Says, "Come on, where we're going, we won't need roads." I mean, like, no, remember
0: a- the the that's that's. Two and three suck to me, but I'm, <laughs> I, but but like that is a pretty amazing like just line and, yeah. and and teaser where we're going. We don't need roads, and it just well, like, you know, flies it's, off. That's
1: cool. It's funny. It wasn't meant to be uh, a teaser. It was it was meant to be a joke. Like uh, you know, Zemeckis and Gale never intended uh, the Back to the Future films to be a franchise. It, was it supposed shows.
0: It shows because because the premise was supposed to be a, <laughs> shows, cause the, cause the to be a one now. <laughs>
1: It was supposed to be a let's, one-off. Let's, let's
0: fast forward to the future to prevent the, something in the future, instead of just telling you now yeah, and being. That,
1: that's just the first act. It but you have to. But you have
0: to beginning. do it again anyway when you get there naturally. So what does that do? It becomes
1: no, but but it becomes it becomes Days of Future Past. You know, like in the stop trying. Episode. see,
0: look, you choose movies I like. You did. You did this with Forrest Gump in the Forrest Gump episode. You said <laughs> something, and it was like it's kind of like you said. It's, it's it's. What did you say? Yeah,
1: it's like, oh no! I said, I, no, no, I said, like no, no. I said, um, in the forest, Gump so I said, like, well, you know, like does Axel Foley really change throughout the movie? If Forest doesn't either,
0: everybody um, else around Axel Foley comes around changes. to his way exactly. of doing things, kind of like how everyone has an arc in Forrest Gump, except Forrest Gump. So Forrest yeah. Gump is kind of like in the Beverly Hills Cop. That's yeah. it's not gonna work. Just the same <laughs> way when even, you say, oh, yeah, don't you like Terminator? That's time travel, kind of like Back to the Future Part Two. No. Saga work yeah
1: or even oh you know your favorite harry potter from Prince of Azkaban. like that final act is essentially back to the future too.
0: i will say that back to the future too at least in cinema pioneered this idea of going back in time and then there's another you doing stuff because the other you was already there and you have to make sure you don't run into the other you but still do what you got to do
1: exactly thing. yeah
0: Ending. You know, it's funny. Okay,
1: got it. Go, you know, it's going back to what I would do with it. Um it's funny because again another role Iling wants from your host right here, but um you know, he was kind of saying, "You know what you could do with this, Matt?" It's like you can you can actually go back to the moment when you were thinking about your list and then just list for all new items. So if you weren't happy with
0: the ones to eat. Yes, you can wish for <laughs> Aladdin's lamp And your wishes didn't turn out right You you cut exactly. your hand off by accident with a lightsaber You just get in the DeLorean and mm-hmm. go back in time And you're just like, yeah, just I want to wish it. for these instead
1: Yeah, but according according to the, the, the mythology Of Back to the Future, you, you're not allowed to talk To your your, your former self though Because that's going to create a paradox Does
0: basically. that ever happen in the movies and cause it a paradox?
1: Well, I mean like They try not to meet themselves
0: Because didn't, um, didn't that happen in Star Trek 09? And he was like, "You you, you inferred universe color. Oh, I, said, oh, I am, in, oh, I am Oh, I am
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, young spot, old spot, cataclysm exactly, would exactly ensue. Quino and uh, Leonard Nimoy, yes, 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 yes. But um, I'm trying to think." I'm not sure, but you know, and, and another like uh, love letter to Back to the Future 2, Like if you recall that scene, uh, in Endgame when when Ant Man goes to like uh, Tony, he goes, like, okay, we clearly know the rules of Time and Trouble. Uh, we can't talk to our former selves, and we can't bet on sporting events. And then like Tony goes, like we got all that from Back to the Future too. <laughs> so,
0: so what you're telling me, the best thing about Back to the Future too are the references to it, and not the movie itself. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> so,
1: such a lie, but um, okay. So, but if I I do want to answer this one question, that I'll answer myself. All right, we'll I think, go, we'll
0: do this and we'll go to break.
1: <laughs> we'll go to break. I think if there's if there is one uh time, you know, time period I I, I want to go back to, and yes, I do have the option of going back to my original timeline. Uh, I think it would be it would be May. Let's see, May twenty fourth. 1977, because the following day, May 25th, 1977, was the world premiere of none other than Star Wars. And I would just want to experience that, like, 24-hour period where, like, Star Wars didn't exist or wasn't even aware of the public perception. Just because I just... I honestly can't imagine a world where star wars didn't exist so it just just, just that one pocket of time where it doesn't exist and then like the, the the boom that happened like you know when it premiered so if there's one place i would want to go back may 24th 1977
0: and we'll bring my neuralizer, <laughs> and then we'll just forget what it was like to see this movie and we'll be experiencing yeah. it for the first time like everybody else yeah in seventy seven. But,
1: but here's the thing because stars is so embedded in my life and, and so many of my memories so i feel like almost half no more than half of my life's memories will be wiped away you know at the same token so what am i gonna do <laughs>
0: well that's why the neuralizer is such a risky devious thing to use yeah. all right everybody our christmas list to santa if you're listening up there, or wherever the heck you are, if you, you're fake, but whatever the, the lore of, of of Christmas is, wherever Santa is, I want Iron Man's Mark 7 armor from the Avengers 2012. I want a Neuralizer for Men in Black, and I want the Exploding Gum for Mission Impossible 1996. <laughs> Matthew, go ahead. Tell Santa what you want. It will go to okay. break.
1: Dear Santa, I've been a really good boy this year. So I would like the magical lamp from Aladdin, a lightsaber, one uh, one bladed preferably blue, and Doctor Emmett L. Brown's time travel DeLorean. Yours truly, Matthew Francisco.
0: Oh, you're you're better than I am. I didn't sign my list at all. I'm just expecting him <laughs> to know me.
1: No, you got to you got to <laughs> give respect to the to the big the big jolly
0: guys. So you know. All right, JM King podcast, ladies. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, Jam King Podcast Christmas Special. We're talking about my go-to Christmas film. Well, film series. Well. I'm going to say trilogy. There are six films in this series, but I'm still going to call it a trilogy. And the thing about Christmas is food, family, fun, and of course, gifts. And this movie matters as a Christmas film to me because one, because of the things in the movie that remind me of Christmas. And of course the sentimentality of it, because when we, we saw this movie as a family, all the cousins sat in one row in the theater and we had a great time with our snacks and popcorn and, and, sewed in things and then the aunts and uncles kind of sat somewhere else because they weren't going to cramp the style of the younger set so to speak (laughs) in the family and since then we just make time to watch at least one of the movies in this trilogy because they're so long during Christmas time because it's that it just still matters to us and the trilogy that I'm talking about is Lord of the Rings and particularly my favorite of the three is two towers.
1: It's the precious one. It's the precious.
0: I can't do a golem voice, forgive me.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Andy circus. It
0: nah. sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude. But like I mean come on. The the, the even though the fellowship and all of the, uh, the the fellowship of the ring from the first movie, the nine delegates and how or, wait, that's, that's actually from the Warriors. That's, that's actually... Are they called delegates in Fellowship of the Ring? Nine Companions. Uh, nine Companions. Nine Companions. Nine Companions. In the Warriors, in that movie, they're called delegates. The nine delegates from all the gangs. Whatever, I got it mixed up. But the point is, yeah, they're all different races. You got a dwarf, you got a man, you got an elf. You got two men, you got elves, you got wizards. and you know, But they become a family because they are united in this quest. And they all have the same... Matthew's rolling his eyes. They they all, no, it's a Christmas movie, dang it. It's a Christmas movie because Christmas is about family. It's about family, it's about food. And they're always eating in these movies. There's all kinds of feasts. They're always presenting each other with gifts because my girl Galadriel got everybody something. She gave them cloaks that give them camouflage. She gave Frodo a light in the cave that he uses. Fix your face, y'all can't see. It's a Christmas movie, man there's this, there's snow there's snow in, in it and they become a family and all the people that they meet along the quest they, they eat together they break bread they break bread together they fight together they they unite against eve they're a family man it's a christmas movie i'm jacking it go ahead matthew uh, explain you, yourself you you could
1: have picked from like Frost the Snowman or Rudolph or like you didn't pick the Grinch and you pick you pick Middle Earth <laughs> it's like it's like what okay no but actually you know because I'm it's just my personality I uh, you know uh, I'm i uh, I'm a trained therapist so I just try to understand where people are coming from I don't know I kind of like thought to myself, you know, yeah, it is kind of about family. Then, of course, all the jokes started flying about, like, you know, there are elves in the movie. Gareth the White kind of looks like Santa. Uh Aha!
0: Santa's in it and there are elves in it.
1: Exactly. Movie, instead of like, I guess, um, instead of like Santa and eight reindeer, you have like Gandalf the White and eight members of the Fellowship.
0: See? <laughs>
1: like, no, no, the thing that really. The thing that really. The, the
0: mythology of Christmas is all over this movie.
1: I mean, the thing that really, like, I, this is where I, I kind of let it slide. And let's talk about it. It's like, you know what? He said, Matthew, you know what the film is really about? It's about a young man who gets a gift from his uncle and tries to return it back to the store <laughs> like, that's
0: part of christmas too
1: that's very good the, the return is like no no if you really think about it it's like um trying to return uh, a christmas gift at like a walmart or something like that's pretty much more door right there I Even mean, you know it's funny we're recording
0: this in 2020 it's pretty much more door out there right now <laughs> listen isn't it scary How? What life? What do they say? Art reflects life, or life Life, reflects art? Art art reflects reality, or listen? There's a line. Art comes from life.
1: There's a line where like Boromir says in Fellowship. He goes like talking about going to to Mount Doom. Is a you know like the very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. and then you go to a Walmart where, like, people are not even social distancing, there and trying is to
0: reach evil there that does not sleep. not sleep. And Walmart is open how many hours a day, Matthew? I think it's 24. Some are 24. 24. I don't know. I'm so much stretch. 24. It's a stretch. Yeah. There's evil yeah, there that does not sleep. One does not simply walk into more Come on, man. Yeah, you don't just simply walk in with the most valuable gift.
1: Come I mean, on. like. A tr- Imagine trying to like return a PS5 or something now.
0: <laughs> if you're able to secure a PS5 these days, you're blessed. And PS- if you want to return it,
1: what? <laughs> no, the PS5 is has basically become the the one ring for this holiday season.
0: Every it's like the thing about the ring though is that everybody wants it, but I don't do people know that they can't actually use it.
1: Mean, War- I, I, is like it is a
0: gift. And it's like no it's not. <laughs>
1: yeah. wrong ring answers to sauron alone but um no no it's funny it's like let's do a comparison between the one ring and the playstation 5 right you know kind of like kind of like uh the one ring if you notice people who possess the playstation 5 it's kind of like bringing out the worst in them like you know you have all these ridiculous you know people like scalping them for like ridiculous prices and just like Buying every single one of them like that without, without any means to say, you know, it kind of brings out the worst in people, you know. So, and um, you know, on a much more serious note, it's kind of about materialism and the fact that you know, although the ring promises oh my gosh. you, power, I'm sorry, Matthew, you are a genius
0: <laughs> because you know, you know what? See, this, this is thing. why you have me on the. This is why, this you have is me on why the you're show. the go-to guy for movie talk. <laughs> Because yeah. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, it's not, a Christmas, it's not really a Cruises movie to most people, but you're such a good friend because you're like helping me along. I never thought of that. Yeah. I never thought about how the movie could be about materialism and how people, because the One Ring, mm-hmm. it doesn't bring you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help you at all. In fact, mm-hmm. only Saladon can use it. Mm hmm. But everybody wants something that they that's not really going to bring them any worth, or bring them right. any, you know, whatever yeah. that word is that I can't figure out right now. Yeah. So it's the well, same thing. People seek material yeah. objects, thinking that that's going to bring them some kind of edification. Yeah. But seek, see, it, that I, one ring isn't going to give you that.
1: You see, I remember uh, I was watching uh, this this one video clip. It's it's really great. I hope you guys could look it up. It was a. Uh, this, this clip where George Lucas was actually uh, giving a, a commencement speech. He was the guest speaker. I forgot what college it was, but he said, you know, the thing about materialism is, you know, once you get something, it's like, you know, you finally got it, you know, you, you got your PS5, but then you just want more. Okay. Not only do I want a PS5, now I need to get the games. Now I need to get the accessories. Now I need to, you know, I'm sure, inevitably, Sony's going to make the PS5 Pro. But see, the thing about materialism—it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of like a drug. It's kind of like a drug, and it's like you're just never ever going to be satisfied. And I think what you know, those three films captured so brilliantly is is the kind of uh, the cautionary tale of falling into materialism. I mean, like you know, Gollum being a perfect test subject of that. You know, that's basically, brilliant. You know, basically destroyed this man who was once a hobbit just as Frodo and
0: he killed he uh, killed excuse... like his best friend or his brother or whatever. whatever uh, cousin, cousin, he cousin. Killed his cousin for a piece of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Does that not describe materialism?
1: Exactly. But anyway, see this I... thing
0: in Lord of the Rings, what brings what was everybody fighting for? They were fighting for each other at the end of the day. Because there's that line at the end of Return of the King where after all the speeches, not for Rohan, Gondor. After all the speeches, Aragorn just looks at everybody and he's like, yo, for Frodo. Frodo. This Let's one fight for each other. Yeah. That's what family is. That's what Christmas is all about. Doing things for each other. Giving before you look to receive. Is that not Lord of the Rings in a nutshell? Doing for others before yourself? Is that not Lord of the Rings? Frodo the the, he was ready to die I mean at the end of the movie he was really actually about to keep the ring so the real hero is him but you know he was they were that's that's a heavy sacrifice that's what Christmas is about waiting online to get that gift you know or spending all hours in the night Working in a stupid upscale restaurant where one whole wall is a glass fish tank <laughs> just because you need to make end meet ends meet for your pregnant wife at home and your father who's living with you because your mom just died, and we can't let grandpa live by himself. So I need to I need to work crazy hours in this restaurant so that my face gets blown up by a piece of stupid exploding gum. Yeah. That's part of what Christmas is about also, just like the strain that we put on ourselves to make sure that we get something that everyone around us needs, all of our loved ones need. So think about all of these characters and how they, even when they were so split up. And Christmas is all about reunions with people you love and care about. You don't get to see them all year, but we make sure that at least for Christmas, we get together to be in one place and see each other's faces and think about like the end of return of the king when they face some of them think they're dead like you're still alive gandalf mm-hmm. i saw you fall he has fallen into shadow i thought you were dead dog mm-hmm. you're alive and you look like santa <laughs> it's you're a christmas movie santa. it's a christmas trilogy
1: look okay you know to your point because i'm such a good friend i'll actually support you at the end of this If we live in a world where Die Hard is considered a Christmas movie, why not Lord of the Rings?
0: Why not Lord of the Rings? What is, can we park here real quick before we move on to your go-to Christmas movie? What the heck is it about Die Hard that everybody's like, it's a Christmas movie? Is it just because it takes place during Christmas? Like what kind of themes (laughs) in the plot and in the characters have to do with Christmas?
1: It's about like, it's about the guy guy trying to rebuild. It's about a guy who's trying to reunite with his family. Come on. Is he though? Yeah, he's trying to get back with his well, not really get back with his wife, but like trying to make a connection with his yeah. wife again.
0: Okay, that's yeah. in a lot of movies. They're sent.
1: They're sent, You know, he says ho, He like spray paints like ho 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 and we're like one of the terrorists though. So that's yeah. Christmas. And Hans
0: Gruber yeah. is a is materialistic because he wants money.
1: <laughs> exactly. Just, that's why it's a Christmas. You're just a movie. common thief. You're just a.
0: Common and Carl thief. Winslow's in it, and he's like. Yeah he whenever he's, he's a kidding. jolly old
1: fat man not to fat shame him but he's he's jolly No, he's, he's fat really it's jolly. not shaming he yeah. knows yeah well <laughs> there, there's an entire joke where he like he eats twi- like this weird soap plot where he has this obsession with twinkies though like he like buys the entire grocery of like twinkies and stuff though so yeah
0: listen thank you Lord of the rings the Lord of the rings trilogy is added to the afi all-time <laughs> christmas list is i just made that up i don't know if that exists
1: so it's part of the Christmas canon. The Christmas canon, Lord
0: of the Rings Christmas canon. It's about right. it's about family. It's about it's not about a a blood family, but it's about people who come who come together like a family to make sacrifices for each other, cook for each other, fight for each other, give each other things, and fight against materialism. Cool. All right, All right Matthew, your okay. go to. Christmas film? Well, I
1: mean, certainly not as, shall we say, unique. It's Mr. King's choice, but listen, guys. When I think Christmas, there's only two people. There's two people that make Christmas for me. Santa Claus and Macaulay Culkin. So,
0: so you didn't.
1: <laughs> so, too bad, it's just only... I was trying to do the, uh, the Home Alone scream. Oh, well, I gave it away. <laughs> yes so you know of course you know my go-to chris film is home alone like again there's always this childhood nostalgia I, you know watch home alone at at nauseam i mean like it, it just has every it, it, it has it has snow it has the tree lights and you know it's funny uh as an adult you know i i, I start uh, kind of researching other people's opinions on Home Alone, what the general consensus. It actually did not critically. It didn't get such a warm reception when it came out. I think you know, particularly uh, Siskel and Ebert, uh, kind of ripped apart the movie. Their review, <laughs> all these plot what? holes about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ebert, uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert were not big fans of, of this movie, though. I think uh, you know, there were all these plot plot holes about, like, well, you know. Um, why didn't he like call the parents? Like, or why didn't the parents call Kevin when you know when they were at Paris? Or like, um, you know that famous uh, uh, um, angel with filthy souls gag where like Kevin would play. Oh my gosh!
0: Come on, Raj.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Play, you know, play the the mob. Play, play the mob video. Then make the pizza guy like scare away. It's like you know all these problems But you see, as, as as a kid. You know, you're not thinking about any of that, and I think um, the brilliance of uh, John Hughes, who was the uh, producer and and, and uh, uh, writer of the film, he kind of like he 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 steeps into that childhood mentality. It's kind of like uh, almost a, a childhood's fantasy of what would it be like to be home alone. You know, like uh, sure, you you could criticize the movie for like saying, well, you know, how could have Kevin set up all these elaborate traps like in less than 30 minutes you know you, you I think one of the things that uh Ebert said was like well you would practically need like uh uh ten thousand dollars like with all those like flamethrowers and 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 mud and, and and like all these like hot glue stuff <laughs> like, dude he Ebert? missed the point You
0: missed the point of <laughs> he Louis? missed the it's point like,
1: it's kind of like it's it's it's, it's <laughs> are we calling him Raj? we're calling him Raj now <laughs> Raj no no he was I think he was upset that um because the movie in Chicago and like you know he's from Chicago so maybe he had some beef about that but man anyway, <laughs> yeah you have to it, it shot it, it shot from a kid's point of view and it, it's it's kind of like I, I almost think of it as if a kid is telling you a story, he's gonna do some, he's going to play with words a bit though. He's, he's going to like exaggerate some details and whatnot. So, you know, in my mind, I kind of see the movie as almost like if Kevin were to walk up to you and he tells, tells me, Hey, you know, uh, Mr. Francisco, you know, I was left, a, I was left alone, uh, by my parents for like two days, like on Christmas Eve. And I go like, Mm, what did you do, Kevin?
0: There was you know, a there was a there were robbers that were trying to wrong. eat my fingers, and one of them had a gold tooth. <laughs> so I shot him with a BB gun, and then I tricked them into following me to my treehouse, and I stuck a nail in one guy's foot with the tar on 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 yeah. my basement steps, and I went shopping on my own, and then my my the, the shopping bags broke on my way, and all this it's like exactly. you know interesting interpretation. This is just like a, a kid kids retelling of what happened when he was home it's like exactly all in his mind so. but like what really happened was like now nah, he sat around and like just ate snacks yeah i mean like, yeah
1: I mean, <laughs> hey if i if i would listen if i was left home alone it would be like the most uneventful thing ever i'd probably like let's see i was uh if i if, let's see he was about eight when eight he was left old. home alone I watched so let's older. see i probably watch tv watch nickelodeon and, you know, messing with my PlayStation. I was sorry. I'm a PlayStation guy, Yeah, I'm an
0: <laughs> <He didn't, laughs> You're telling me he didn't have any friends in the neighborhood that he can call and say, hey, my it's parents left here by accident? That,
1: that was the other criticism of the movies. Oh, like, well, why didn't you call anybody for help, though? But,
0: but then funny. you wouldn't um, have a movie.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, it, and it, then it, you it, wouldn't have spawned all these other Home Alone copycats. Yeah. Right? I will say, you know, Link the second check.
1: one. The the second one kind of gets a lot of flack for for being a basically, it was kind of like The Force Awakens before the Force Awakens happened, where it's not so much a sequel but more of a remake. And it's like it's literally the same exact movie just set
0: in New York. (laughs) It's the same exact movie just set in
1: New York. It's the same, like instead of instead of Old Man Marley, you got like the pigeon lady. Uh there's even a sequel. Two angels within filthy souls. Angels with filthier souls, souls, souls. Was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my anyway, instead of tricking the the pizza guy, he tricks the um
0: the Room uh, service. Tim Curry. Tim yeah, Curry. Tim yeah,
1: Curry. No, Love that guy. Care. Donald yeah, Trump's course, in that movie too. Donald Trump. Yeah, like, oh, you saw my theory. Donald yeah, Trump. It yeah, is a cameo by the president of the United States. I mean, like, um
0: <laughs> was he a Democrat the back then?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Switch knows, sides, yeah. just who knows. Who knows, uh, you know, and it's funny, I was, um, I was talking about the, the difference between Home Alone 1 and 2. It's like, and it's a question that I was, you know, proposing to, to Jonathan one time. It's like, you know, because, um, you know, he and I watch a lot of movies uh, as kids. And I, I one time proposed to him, I said like, how much of those movies we watched as kids are actually really good? Or are they really good because we grew up with them? So I would say Home Alone 2 is more of like, I like it because I grew up, with it. You know, uh, I, I just love all the gags. Uh, I love that Kevin basically orders like $900, $900 worth of room services. I love the pigeon lady. I love going to Mr. Duncan's toy chest. I mean, like, come on, it's so, so awesome. But honestly, you look at Home Alone, an imperfect film, you know, I'm not gonna shy away from the, the plot holes that have been brought up. You know, I, I'm not gonna try to defend those. But I think it actually, you know, as corny as it, as corny as it may sound, I think it actually does have a, a heart because- Of course it does. Um, I mean, like you, you, watch that, you watch that scene, like the, the, the kind of code of the epilogue at, at the end of Home Alone, because there's this scene where, well, backtrack a bit. Uh, there's this character named Old Man Marley, who is rumored to be, you know, a, like a child murderer or murdered his family, I believe. And then, like throughout the entire film, like Kevin some is kind of just scary so,
0: old neighborhood. He's kind man. Of a
1: scary, spooky old man that like looks a like Boo kind of guy. a Boo Radley kind of guy. The Boo Radley with the shovel and like he's a really decrepit old guy. So he spends his entire movie like really avoiding this guy. But then, like Kevin ends up going, uh, kind of Evan. Kevin ends up going to church, you know, I think because he was feeling like really lonely at some point. And then old man Marley actually walks up to him and then they actually have a very decent, uh, they have kind of like a meeting of the mind. So he's like, you know, I'm not such a bad guy. And they, in a way, like, you know, despite their uh, age gap and despite the fact that they never ever talk to each other, I think that in that one moment, Marley and Kevin actually have a meeting of the hearts in the sense that they're both missing their families you know yeah in a sense in, in a way marley is home alone himself oh. but you know kevin kind of because the thing is at the beginning of the film kevin kind of says, oh I, hey i made my family disappear you know now it's time to have some fun and then but throughout the movie he realizes that being alone sucks it sucks it sucks and being alone during the holidays sucks i mean like you know look at look at us here 2020 we can't even be i mean we, we could be with our immediate family but we can't have that big huge gathering so this, you know these that, series that her- of
0: episodes during this pandemic are just going to be perfect time capsules <laughs>
1: perfect so, time ca- hey, so like
0: it is like five years would people we'll binge look back. the pod and they're like what do you mean you what do you mean you you couldn't see your family you had to stay home exactly. during thanksgiving and christmas what are you all talking about
1: Right, right. So, you know, so Kevin throughout the movie, he realizes, oh, wow, it really does suck to be alone. And it super sucks to be alone, like during the holidays. And then he he has a very nice conversation uh, with this man, old man, Marley. And then he sees like this, this poor guy who has been so demonized by the neighbors saying, like, oh, like he, he's, he's a family killer, a child killer, you know, like he's a creepo, don't talk to him. Whatever they said about a, him, yeah. Yeah, and he's like this really sad, lonely guy who is is alone. And I think uh, in the conversation you find out that uh, he had some sort of falling out with his son. And because that the falling out was so bad, uh, his son and his family choose not to see him anymore. And, he said the reason why he was in church that day you know when kevin was showing up in the same mass was because he wanted to see his granddaughter sing his, his granddaughter i think was doing some sort of um
0: like, like a concert like, like, some kind of holiday yeah, some singing
1: holiday concert she she had like a um, choir solo she said, she said this is the only way i can see my granddaughter because you know because of because of my foolishness because i lost my temper with my son now i can't see my granddaughter and then like Kevin kind of goes like, hmm, I mean, like, don't you think that, you know, talking to your son is more important than being angry at him? And then he kind of goes like, oh, I don't know. And then you flash forward to the epilogue of the film. It's like literally, you know, Kevin's uh, family comes back, of course, you know, very conveniently at, on Christmas Day, snowfall and all that. And then, Mike, uh, and then, you know, this is where you start to bring up the tissue boxes, you know, John Williams music done by john williams by the way he,
0: i mean he just you know he, needs he just no introduction. really
1: knocks it he just who a man who needs no introduction you know starts to pull your heartstrings with the music and then it's kevin literally he he pulls out the curtains from the window and then he sees like old man marley with his family reunited and like he's literally like embracing like his 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 granddaughter because obviously it's implied that Marley kind of took Kevin's advice to talk to his son and just as Kevin is reunited with uh, his family at the end of the movie so too is old man Marley and does old man Marley
0: give Kevin the the last crusade one hand Galadriel yeah it's kind
1: of that's true yeah it is Gives him that like like,
0: like the thanks the greeting or the or the George McFly is that is that is that the Mount Rushmore of just one-handed wave. Oh my
1: God! Are we gonna you stick your it? hand
0: up? Is that the Mount Rushmore? Old man, yeah. old man, Marley, we need George to. McFly, fly, Galadriel, and the dude oh. in the cave in the Last Crusade. Wow. Yeah. The, 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 I think um Sir Richard, Sir
1: Richard in uh uh the, the you know Last Crusade. Oh, gosh. But that that has to be. Dude, that has to be an, a new list though. But yes, yes, it's wonderful, you know, woman. And of course, the little button in the end when like you hear Buzz going, Kevin, what have
0: you done with my room? <laughs> you know, you, you gotta have the song. gag at the end. You gotta have the gag at the end. The
1: you know, I could kind of talk about, you know, um, uh, I could talk about uh, the the booby traps. You know, da, uh, Daniel Stern as 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 uh, Marv, and of course Joe Pesci. You know, it's funny when you. When people think Joe Pesci, they think like Goodfellas or Martin Scorsese or Raising Will. I think Wet, Band- uh, Wet Bandits Harry. You know, I could talk about all the slapstick stuff, but I think what really makes the film special is, is the heart. There is actually an emotional core to the movie. So, you know, again, for all those reasons and more, I kind of think it is, a, just as Christmas is a seminal, timeless season of the year, so too is Home Alone
0: so and you know home alone does this other thing and you know my rule kids in movies suck <laughs> so like my rule listeners is that kids in movies suck but there's only but there's two exceptions well okay here's the rule kids suck in movies unless the movie is about them or if there's some kind of MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. we kind of we're kind of just making this up as we, the, the second part the second rule we're kind of making up as we go along well <laughs> so, like kevin McAllister, yeah is like a protagonist amazing. he's the protagonist he's amazing in this movie mm-hmm. you know the, the harry potter kids they're great we're, we're very fortunate that they turned out to be outstanding young actors are there any other examples matthew like, like the goonies which people talk about but i've never seen
1: goonies elliot
0: in, from et elliot from et the kid the kids in mighty ducks
1: well, no, I would say Bombay. You know. It's really Bombay. Well, the first two are Bombay's movies. The third one's more like Charlie, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, just, just as a, you know, we're going to go back into your thing, but I just also want to plug, uh, the movie was also directed by uh, Chris Columbus and who ended up doing the first two uh, Harry Potter films. And I think one of the reasons why Warner Brothers uh, gave him the gig for Harry Potter is because they saw him Alone and I go like, oh my god, this is a movie about a, a kid who has no family, and has to fend for himself.
0: And, and, and what the heck got him the job for Pixels? <laughs> I'm sorry, <Adam> Sandler. Sorry. <laughs> What the heck, guys? He so, still has wow. heard. He still oh, has about kids. It was supposed. Come on, how cool would that have been? It was like it's just Ghostbusters, except you replace ghosts with video game characters. Like how amazing <laughs> is that? Video giant video game characters taking over New York City, and we need the the game busters, whatever they would call them. Like that's all you have to do: just make Ghostbusters and replace ghosts with video games. It's so easy. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, that's the rule. So so this movie definitely kind of supports that rule where kids suck in movies unless the movie's about them or unless there's some kind of MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And then there are exceptions to either. Well, actually, no, we discovered today that there actually are no exceptions to that rule. Those are the two <laughs> rules.
1: Oh, oh I'm going to... We're not done. We're not finished with that yet, but I think, uh, you know, that's a conversation for another time. It is. <laughs>
0: and that time will come.
1: That time but is- as for
0: right now, our our time... Has come with this podcast, yeah. so thank you for joining us for our the first annual jm King podcast, Christmas yeah. special, holiday special, and yeah. we had I a just great want to time. Say, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, this is one thing to say I was go ahead, go
1: ahead. Yeah, you know, before we go, you know, you know, for those of you listening, and I hope there's a lot of you out there. You know, on behalf of me and my dear friend John the King, we hope that you and your loved ones are having a safe. Healthy and have and very fun holiday season, and I guess we'll see you in the new year.
0: You're the respectful one, remember? Yeah, You gotta add that little. Ones. butt.
1: I gotta I gotta wrap everything in a bow at the end.
0: You to. are you are the respectful one. Is that it? I think I think I want to do one more thing. I kind of want to put you on the spot. Oh, with, with, ooh, with. bonus round! I'm to put, you, I want to put okay. you on the spot. i want to put you on the spot. Here's the bonus round. Here's the epilogue.
1: Epilogue. Okay. We talked
0: about lightsabers earlier. The mm. lightsaber igniting is one of the most iconic sounds in cinema, of course. Mm-hmm. Do you remember my favorite instance of a lightsaber igniting in terms of how it sounds?
1: Easy. Um, it was Return of the Jedi, uh, Jabba sail barge, when um 2 d 2 shoots uh, Luke Skywalker's green mm-hmm. lightsaber, mm-hmm. and then like, mm-hmm. you know, Lily gradually goes like zing, mm-hmm. which by the way is, <laughs> it by sounds way, different from all the
0: others yeah. it's got an which attitude and the, it's green it's like he, Luke is like whoa it's green that's so cool R, which R2 by, which you by the
1: way it is, one. it's it's my text tone for when I get messages on my iPhone so
0: I love that one because all the other ones are like boom, 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 boom. but this one is like pew! like it's got an attitude to it I love it I love that sound
1: I, I think I think, I think Jonathan's just jealous of of my choice of my number two choice. He's just this is him just being jealous, right? I'm now.
0: not jealous <laughs> of your stupid lightsaber because it's completely impractical for my line of work. <laughs> I don't need a lightsaber for anything. Zombie apocalypse? That's when you need a lightsaber. It's silent. It opens up any doors. It can kill zombies. Yeah. Listen. Well, see,
1: that, that. this is why this is this is why friendship is important because you know. Jonathan, if I ever get a lightsaber, you're invited to my place anytime and you could just look at it and, you know, I'll turn it on so you could hear that awesome sound. That's so, what
0: you do, whatever. man, with your friends. You collaborate. I had the N64 and my friend had a PlayStation. <laughs> so between the two of us and the other guy with the Xbox, so between the three of us, we had everything. Is it, and that's what the
1: holidays are
0: all about. That's what the holidays are all about, sharing. So that as a unit, we have everything. But, you know, it still feels good to go home and play your copy of Smash Brothers because you're the only one with your 64 and your friends have PlayStation and Xbox so they can't play Super Smash Brothers. At the time of this recording, who knows what kind of craziness Microsoft does with Nintendo and maybe gets... They already got Master Chief and Fortnite and Banjo-Kazooie and Smash Brothers. Who knows what will happen in the future. All right. Anyway, final thoughts? Movie Matt, any final thoughts?
1: Hey, just shows you that, you know, I think we're, 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 we're approaching, we're, we're both in our 30s now, right? We're approaching 30 and it just shows Listen, you that, that, um, that, that, that Christmas spirit is, you know, no matter how old you get, never never lose sight of that Christmas child spirit though. So it'll get you through the trials of life. Always hold on to that.
0: Yes, sir. And remember, Christmas should not be the only time that we appreciate each other that we love each other, that we do for each other first and not ourselves. All that good stuff. Don't wait for the holidays to be a good person to your family. Share that Christmas spirit year round, people. And with that, see, I, well, usually you're the one that comes up with the the but, impromptu, beautiful, wonderful, warm message. Today it was me, it's interesting. Well, it is your show. All right, everybody. We're, my go-to my go-to guy for moves for movies thanks for joining us again matthew francisco aka movie matt we'll see you next time tune in for the next episode